Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cat Builder Talk Radio Show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host and coach, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today. Helping you build the capacity to change your life. And as we say every week, helping you to walk in your purpose. So we are well into the 2017 year. I just want to ask how you doing? Are you ready? Are things working out the way you had planned? We're going to talk about that tonight because the Cat Builder Talk Show is focused on giving you the information you need to make changes in your life because as you know, information is key. The right information you can make educated decisions. So tonight we're going to talk about something that you know, a lot of people talk about. A lot of people come to me. They say they're going to do it. They never do it. But we're going to talk about writing that first book. Okay, because it's go time. You got to be ready. You got to get your message out there. But before I get too far into the show, I want to give a shout out to my main man, CB, listening down in Jacksonville, Florida. He called me today, said he's going to listen in. He said, I better give him a shout out. So I just did. All right. So this week's show, you know, I'm doing the intro right now. It's going to change it up a little bit. We're going to do small business news with Martin Pratt, and I talk credit with Ira Royale. Tonight, we're going to do From My Big Eyes, but she's actually going to interview a guest tonight, another first-time author. So Janet's going to be here doing her thing. She's going to start interviewing people on the show. I think that's outstanding. Then we're going to do a guest interview with Deborah Sehorn. She just wrote a new book. 16-year-old author, Antonia Williams, and then see Nathaniel Brown, the publisher of EX3 Books, who's been somebody I've admired for a very long time. Matter of fact, I did my very first interview on the internet with him after I wrote my book. He's going to talk about his story and what he's doing to help people get their books out there. We're going to talk about how to write your first book, and then really how a book publisher can help you, because that's what he does. So we got a great show planned for tonight, so I want you all to stay tuned. Upcoming events on this Thursday, February 23rd, Access to Capital for Entrepreneurs is having a working session on getting your business certified. So go to wbccertification.eventbrite.com to register for this. Don't miss it because it's very important that you learn how to get your business registered. On March 4th, you've seen me put out the message, and actually I have a special code for you if you email me. But I'll be with Rob Wilson at his one-day conference on changing your financial trajectory because that's what we're into doing right now. We got so much going on that we got to change it and we got to get it out there. And if you don't start working on it today, 
you got to start working on it, okay? So March 4th, come out, join us. We've got four great speakers. Going to be there for most of the day, but you're going to learn so much. So go to www.uwin2017.com to register for this great event. So I'm going to take a short break, and when I come back, we're going to start this conversation out with all the news and information we can give you to make sure you stay well informed. You're listening to Mark Parham, Cat Builder Talk, real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today. Short break, and we'll be right back. credit with Ira Royale. Ira, how you doing this evening, man? Hey, I'm doing good. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing excellent, man. What's going on with you? Nothing much, man. Just staying focused. You know, staying, staying engaged. Just doing my thing, man. Making sure this video <laughs> show that you, this platform you blessed me with uh, pops, so that's what I'm doing. So what you got for us this evening? All right, so this evening I got I have seven items that lenders typically look for when they're underwriting. I think it's very important to walk into any situation where you're asking somebody for credit, knowing exactly what they're looking for, knowing what stands out, knowing that what could potentially raise questions, and being prepared to answer those questions. So here's a couple of things that lenders, when they see that, kind of comes up as a red flag to them. And this is not saying that they're good or bad things, but when lenders look at items on your credit report, they're looking at basically one thing. You know, with this item, are you able to pay? They're measuring risk. They're measuring your propensity to pay back your debt obligation, and they're trying to see if you're under any financial duress. So these seven things kind of sometimes speak to that, and you need to be prepared with some answers to, hey, this is why this happened in the past, and this is what I'm doing going forward. Number one, opening multiple credit cards in a short period of time. It's okay to open, you know, one or two, but if you're opening three or four or five and that lender looks at you and over the course of 30 to 60 days, you have like five credit card openings, they're going to ask some questions. Um, It kind of sends a signal that you're desperate for credit. And then they're going to ask the question, are you able to pay all of these debt obligations back? So just be mindful if you're doing it because you're working with a a big project and you need that type of um, exposure to credit, have, have your documents in a row. Say, hey, this is exactly what I'm using the money for. This is when I will be paying off these debt obligations, potentially closing some of them out, but I needed it for this short-term project. Again, having that conversation and making sure that you inform them of exactly what's going on. Another thing is short sales. 
So short sales, I'm not saying it's a bad or a good thing, but you have to do what you have to do depending on your situation. But how a short sale is reported to a credit bureau, it has nothing to do with that title short sale. It's reported to the credit bureau as a, a, a loan or a debt obligation that was settled, right? So the, what you said you were going to pay back is not exactly what you paid back, and a short sale actually can harm your credit report if it's um, reported as um, a settled account. And there are different things that you can do if you're going through that short sale situation where you can kind of negotiate with the lender to potentially report it as a paid in full so it won't hit your credit report and have that immediate heavy impact on your credit score. But, again, that's just one of those things. You want to have those conversations. You don't have to go into detail about your personal life. But, hey, this happened, but here's what I'm doing to move forward. Here's my plan. Another thing is co-signing. Co-signing is really big because the, the lender is going to look at you like, okay, you just signed your, you know, your name on somebody else's debt obligation that if they don't pay for it, then you're stuck paying with that. And the number one question they're going to ask is, with all the debt that you have, and that is now figured into your debt to income, can you take on that obligation if that guarantor stops paying that um, bill? So, again, co-signing, short sales, multiple credit cards. Let's move on. I'm only paying minimum payments on your payments, on your loans. That sends a sign that, hey, is this guy going through something? Is he not able to pay it off, you know, the entire bill off month by month? Not saying that you have to, but these are things that lenders look for. If you're only paying the minimum payments, again, are you under financial duress? Is something going on where you cannot pay more? Um, you know, I would typically consult with people and tell them you always want to pay more than the minimum payment. If you can't, at least you're paying something, but I would say try to pay a little bit more each time. Another thing is a lot of inquiries. So if you have a lot of inquiries on your credit report, it's not necessarily that the inquiries will impact your score dramatically, but it sends a signal to the lender saying, hey, they're out looking, they're out hunting. Um, you know, what are they looking for? If, the, if you have 10 or 15 in a 30-day window, that raises red flags that are you just trying to figure out who will accept you or are you being strategic about your approach to asking for credit? So, again, these are just items that people are looking for that raise red flags that, you want to have those conversations on exactly what you're doing. The last thing is going to be cash advances, um, and we've all done it. Everybody's done a cash advance on, you know, their credit cards, and you need extra money, or and, and maybe your your payroll doesn't come in for a couple of days. But what the lenders look at is, hey, you know, they're okay with paying this crazy interest rate for this cash advance, and also the way it's reported. So it immediately impacts your debt to income and could potentially drop your score. So lenders are looking at it again, okay, what's going on in their financial life? You know, did they just lose a large um, form of income? Are they under duress? Can they not pay back their bills? Are they, strip, um, you know, are they tight for cash? What's going on? So, again, it just sends red flags. Mark, only thing that I'm saying is if you're any one of these seven items, have a story behind it. Go prepared. Even if they don't ask the question, you want to stay in front of them knowing that if they did, that you have your ducks in a row and you can intelligently answer the question and give them examples on what you're doing to move forward. So so you're saying that co-sign, if you co-sign, that's going to show up on your credit report. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, man. If you co-sign on somebody, that's why it's so huge. You know, people kind of take it very lightly. Hey, just co-sign for this, man. And, you know, I, I can get this loan. You'll never have to pay for it. I pay it. But it, it ends up on your credit report because you're essentially agreeing that if that person wow. does not make payments, it will fall to you. You will be the next in line who will be legally obligated to take on that debt. Um, so I would I tell people don't take it lightly. I know I know people that say, hey, I'll co-sign for a friend or, 
um, even some family members. If you do, you need to have that conversation and know, hey, how are you going to make this payment? You know, how long have you been on the job? You know, what's your plan of action? I, I personally wow. am not a big fan of doing it, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah. Wow, man. I, I had no idea. That's that's incredible. So what do you, what do you got on your show coming up this week? Um, This week, um, last week, you know, I think I told you I had Slim coming on, but he's actually going to be on this week. Uh, so he's going to talk about different avenues or different options to help fund your business. So I'm excited, man. He won the presidential award um, this year, and he just has a ton of knowledge and information. So I definitely wanted to have him on the show. Um, he's going to give us a, a rundown of his whole career. I know he's spent like 25, almost 30 years in banking, and now yeah, he's yeah. on his new venture. So I'm excited, man. I have him on. Then I have one, my um, another gentleman from Valley Credit Builders just talking about how to help small businesses increase capacity and expose them to different products that could actually help either expand or, you know, um, make their, help their business thrive, essentially. So, yeah, we have a lot of people coming on the show on a weekly basis, and it's all geared around motivating, inspiring, and educating. All right, man. All right, thanks, man. So we'll listen to you on Thursday. So we'll talk to you later, man. All right. Thanks, Mark. I talk credit Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Come to the CatBuilderRadioNetwork.com website. Click on the link, and you can learn more about what's going on. With money and finance, just wisdom and making the right decisions about your money. So you listen to Mark Parham. This is Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. We're going to slip off into another segment called Small Business News and Tech Report with one of my partners in crime, Mr. Martin Pratt. Martin, how you doing this evening, man? Good, brother Mark. Good, good, good. That was great information that um yeah our credit our credit guy gave. Like you said, yeah, I didn't know about um didn't realize about cosigning. No, I didn't either. I didn't either, man. So it's that's something else. So, so I think I need to hear the sister again. Uh, I need to hear the sister again talking about the wine country. After that, that was over. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Yeah. Give me a little bit later. Hey. Give me a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Some vino. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, but speaking of vino, actually, good transition to Delta. So Delta, I just posted the, the link to the story on our um, Facebook page, and this is uh, for those of us that do business traveling and just traveling in general. A lot of. Um, one of my little pet peeves is obviously I have to shop. I have to figure out how I'm going to, what store I'm going to, depending upon which airport, what store I'm going to buy food from so I can bring it on a plane. So like Atlanta, we have, you know, Popeye's, we got we got some reasonably priced stuff that I can honestly kind of pack into my bag once you get through the gate. So Delta has decided to kind of solve my problem a little bit. I wish Southwest, hopefully Southwest, you know, follows up on their stuff, which is now they're going to give you free meals uh, depending upon uh, what the flight is. I know. Okay. I'm like, what, 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 what? <laughs> it's the little things that matter. Yeah, it is the little things. <laughs> if you're on a six-hour flight from New York to Los Angeles, you might be spending $25 with some food, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, uh, you know, and then they're going to expand it to uh, Boston, 
D.C., Seattle, Orlando. They didn't say Atlanta yet, though, but, but I, you know, I, I'm assuming it's a hub. It's Delta. Hello. You know, it's the whole base. We better get enough food. Right. <laughs> anyway, that, that's one of the things. And then um, I don't know how many people knew this, but I, I initially thought that Amazon Prime was um, just uh, uh, $99 a year. And Amazon quietly has dropped their price to a monthly service uh, of ten ninety nine a month. And with Amazon Prime, you're not just getting what I loved Amazon Prime for was that it was um, a, a fast shipping. So I could get something pretty fast next day turnaround, or I mean not next day, but a two-day turnaround for free. Now, we happen to be in Atlanta and Georgia Tech has an Amazon store. So if you're near an Amazon store uh, or depot, drop-off point, and pick-up point, you probably can get your stuff in one day on on Prime, or actually next day sometimes. Prime is really fast, super-duper fast, and you're only paying 10 bucks. But you also get uh, discounts on Prime. um, You get discounts on Prime Now, which delivers food to you. Uh, and also you get discounts on the, the streaming services of the shows on Prime. Quietly, they dropped the price, and then I realized why. Walmart has the exact same scenario. <laughs> so if you're doing shipping as a business now, you're selling stuff on Amazon, um, or you or you have a got a, a, a uh, contract with Walmart.com, you now can tell your customers either one. They can get their stuff in two days. You know, in some cases it might be even quicker, depending on what the customer has. Because Walmart now has a Amazon Prime like service. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, it, it's getting to that point where we do. I guess we're just waiting for the drones to come out next to uh, <laughs> yeah, move right. packages in yeah. three hours. Three hours or less. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So one of the other things about both scenarios to me is interesting. Walmart hasn't done the month-to-month service yet. It still want $79 for the year. Uh, I see them going down to the month-to-month. And mm-hmm. this is going to be interesting because that means that, you know, theoretically they're going to make – if the they were expecting to get $99 on Amazon, if you do $11 times 12, they're getting more than that. So the month-to-month service initially seems like it's less but actually it's more. And the same thing with, with, with Walmart. And so what we as small business owners need to look at seriously is the monthly subscription-based services. We need to start thinking about our products in a monthly subscription. You're getting more. It seems like you're getting less at the initially, but you're actually mm-hmm. getting more. And most people are willing to pay. And I have a whole bunch of 9.99s and 8.99s now. Yeah, I do so, too, man. What is yeah. that again? What is that again? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that. Oh yeah, that's that one. Oh yeah. And so the customers willing to pay it. They already primed and pumped, and the big boys are doing it. So there's no reason why we as small business owners should be doing it. And lastly, I want to just shout out there to uh, Verizon Unlimited. A lot of people are going to be switching over to this new Verizon plan. If you have Verizon uh, for the data plan, because it's unlimited. And shout out to T-Mobile for doing. T-Mobile did it to us that gave us that ability to uh, to to be able to – Verizon has to be competitive with T-Mobile. So, therefore, shout out to T-Mobile also. The challenge with Verizon Unlimited is going to be – the challenge of Verizon Unlimited is going to be that you cannot not read the fine print. 
you must read the fine print about their unlimited data. You're not going to get the same level of data that you would get if you paid for it straight. There's a lesser version of data you're getting once you reach 10 gigs a month. So really read the fine print. Really try to understand really try to understand exactly where you're at when you do switch over if you have Verizon because you're going to get less, you're going to get the unlimited, but unlimited, I'm not going to say crappy, but unlimited slower <laughs> down. All right. All right. Man, so you got to read that fine print, huh? <laughs> yes, especially right. with a company like Verizon because you're buying the data really because of the quality. All right. Outstanding. So you posted all that to the page? Yes. I'm in the midst of posting okay. the second story right now. And then all the third right. story on, on your Verizon Unlimited. You'll see it all over your TV. Uh, I don't all think right. anybody, it, it just came out with it. So I don't think anybody has done a study on it yet. But, you know, I just want everybody to be clear. Redefine all right. it. All right. All right, man. All right, my brother. Thank you for that. Bits of important information you always lay up on us every week. So, oh, no uh, thanks for having me on the right. show. All right, man. So we'll talk. All right, bro. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Cat Builder Talk with Mark Parham and guest. I'm gonna take a short break, and when I come back, we're gonna start talking to these first-time authors here on the Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. So just sit back. I'll be back in about. 30 seconds. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio. You're busy. Which is great, because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. (laughs) They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test, because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back. You know, as always, I'm going to set the stage for the conversation tonight. You know, a lot of times people come to me, or you hear them talking about writing a book, and some people say it takes years to write. Some people say it takes weeks to write. Tonight we're going to talk to some first-time authors about what it took for them to write a book. But before we do that, I want to just go over a few stats and information. I do a little research about topics. And I I did a research tonight on self-published authors. And the big five traditional publishers now only account for 16% of the e-books that are on Amazon. Okay? Self-published books now present 31% of e-book sales on Amazon and Kindle. And indie authors are earning nearly 40% of the ebook dollars going to authors. So self-published authors are dominating the traditionally published authors. So being self-published, you know, uh, later on tonight, see Nathaniel and I are going to talk about what 
the difference between being self-published and published. But you got to know that you got to get your message out there. So we'll talk about the strength of that tonight. But we're going to start our conversation with the one and only, from my big eyes, Miss Janet McLeod Montgomery. Janet, how you doing this evening? Hi, Mark. I'm doing wonderful. How about you? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. So, have you recovered from your Dillard trip? I, <laughs> yes, I have, Mark. I'm fully All right. recovered now. <laughs> you fully, fully recovered? All right. Yes. Well, you know. Well, you kind of started the conversation for tonight when you talked about, you know, having your, your next guest on, um, because a lot of people are writing their books. So I want you to talk about and introduce and interview uh, your guest for this evening about her first book and, you know, what she went through to get it done. So you have the microphone. Okay, Mark, I'd like to take the time out and bring on Ms. Leslie E. Royal. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Janet. Hi, Mark. How are you? Yeah, doing good, doing well, good. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, so uh, I'd like to introduce you to Leslie. Leslie has written this fabulous book entitled Leslie's Lane, the book. So let's get right into it, Leslie. Can you tell us a little about the book and what inspired you and motivated you to write this book? Oh, sure I can. Thank you once again, both to you, Janet, and Mark, for having me on. It's a pleasure being here. And my first book, Leslie's Lane, the book, is a natural evolution of my blog called the Leslie's Lane blog. I've actually been a freelance writer for over 20 years working for national publications, and I write on just about uh, every subject, but I found my niche with the um, uh, consumer uh, uh, reporting and personal financing, personal finances. And um, um, after a period of years, um, everyone would come to me, whether it would be my friends, my family members, my sorority sisters, uh, would come to me and say, hey, you write about all of these wonderful things um, on saving money, on getting discounts, on finding jobs, on changing your careers. Um, Can you tell me this? Can you tell me that? Can you tell me how to get a job? And I found over time that it was different people asking me the same thing. So I decided to write, um, start my first blog about five years ago, and the blog focused on um, jobs, inspiration, discounts, free stuff, scholarships, travel, and so much more. And that is what my book is about. My book was a natural evolution of the blog. Oh, wow. All right. So let me ask you this. How long did it actually take you to actually put the book together? Ah, that's a a great question. I often tell people that the book was 20 years in the making because I drew on all of the research and all of the articles that I've written over the past two decades. But it only took six months um, to write the book, and I say only six months, um, actually, to sit down and write it, it, it takes much less time. But my book happens to be different from a lot of books in that it is a book of links. So I have links to everything that you want to know about. So the book has hundreds of links in it, and it took a little time to research all of all of those links, to do fact-checking on the links, and mm-hmm. to make certain 
certain everything was correct and updated. So after doing all of the research that I needed to do and then including a lot of experts that I wanted to include, it took about six months to get everything written, researched, and published. Okay. Well, it's definitely a, a definitely a nice book that's well put together and well thought out, Leslie. What I'd like to ask now is uh, who do you think could benefit the most? Who would you say will benefit the most from reading your book? Oh, that's I love that question. And I think everybody who wants to make money and wants to save money benefits from this book. Uh, the first chapter on jobs uh, focuses on 500 um, of the world's best companies, whether they're Fortune 500 companies, whether they're up-and-coming companies, tech companies, companies that are creative and unique. And um, in that book, those I have those 500 links, and if you go to Amazon Kindle, and they can go to Amazon Kindle now and take a free sneak peek into my book, you'll see that you can just click the links. So when you actually purchase the book um, on Amazon, you have 500 links right there at your fingertips. I've done all of the work for you. All you do is click on a link, and immediately it opens to the page if you want to work at Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chick-fil-A, wherever it is that you want to work. Um, if it's a Fortune 500 company, it is in that list. And I've done the work for you. You click on the link, and it opens to the page of all of the job opportunities that are available today. And so that's one wonderful thing about it if you're looking for jobs. Um, if you're looking to save money, my family and my friends call me the discount queen. Um, nothing free. I have a whole chapter on free stuff. Anything that you can imagine getting for free is in that chapter, and you can click on the links for that. So if you want to get free stuff, if you want free and discount travel, I've got a whole chapter on that. So I show you how you can get free stuff once you get on your trip. I show you how you can take trips for 50 to 60 to 75 to 80% off if you want to know about that. Um, parents have told me that they, they really just love the scholarships chapter. And so they, if you click on one link um, in that chapter, it will take you to 46 pages of scholarships that are available to uh, minorities. And so that chapter itself has almost 100 links. And so anything that you need to know, it doesn't matter what the area, what it is that you want to do, it's certainly in the book. And I do want to add that one of my favorite chapters in the book is Pursue Your Passion. So if there's something that you know you want to do with your life, I talk about it in that chapter, and I share the importance of looking for mentors and accountability partners to help you to bring you along the way. And of course, you happen to be one of my wonderful mentors and are featured in, and you're featured in my book. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited about that, Leslie. I certainly appreciate the opportunity. And let me just say, one of my favorite books is the free chapter. I, I'm, I'm, wanting, I'm just like uh, so many others, just love free. If it says free, I'm all for it. And this book is something that I think everyone should rush out and get. So can you tell us how, how people can go out, Leslie, and obtain the book? I sure can. Thank you so much for asking about, about it. It is available at every ma major online book retailer, including Amazon.com. So they can go to Amazon.com Amazon right now 
and click on it and take a free sneak peek into about 10 or 15 pages of it. And, of course, I just shared with you Amazon Kindle. And they can also, they're online right now at catbuildertalk.com. Mark was nice enough to upload a link that will allow them to directly order the book from there. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much for the information. And let me just ask one final question. Was there ever a time uh, during the process that you felt discouraged? And if so, how did you overcome it? Oh, that's uh, thank you so much for asking that question. Um, I like to tell people that ask me that, and it's important because there are going to be the days that you feel discouraged. Um, there are going to be challenging days, and so when you have those challenging days, then um, what you do is just focus and reach out to people like yourself um, and ask those people if they'd be willing to um, provide insight for you. And um, I found that to be so helpful to me, uh, reaching out to others and letting them um, continue to encourage you. I say that my friends and my family are the wind beneath my wings. Wow. That's awesome. I like that. All right. Mark, would you have any questions for Leslie at the time? No, you, no, you asked all the great <laughs> questions. She gave all the great answers. Outstanding, oh, okay. Leslie. Uh, sounds like I need okay. to get a copy of this book because I like free, too. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And when you send it, if you could, um, if you can just send the M- your uh, address to me, we'll drop your copy in the mail to you. All right. And thank work. you both for having me on. All right. All right. You're very welcome. Well, one final thing. Would you be able to give us your social media information? Oh, sure. Your uh, your listeners can follow me on at Leslie's Lane Instagram and Twitter, and um, I'd love to hear their feedback if they've got any questions. They can message me uh, through Facebook. I love to engage um, on social media. Okay. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. My pleasure. You all have a great night. All right. You have a great evening, too. Well, she was a great guest, Janet. She you feel that energy she had. I mean, that book, it seemed like it needed to be about five books, though. I don't know if I would have put all that in one book. <laughs> yeah. It's a great piece. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. All right, Miss Janet. Well, thanks for bringing her on the show. And I look forward to somebody else you can find out here to share the information that you've been so willingly to share every week. Absolutely, Mark. Looking forward to uh, it. All right. So how can people catch up with you? They can follow me on Facebook, From My Big Eyes, and also on Twitter and Instagram at From My Big Eyes. And also go to the site, FromMyBigEyes.com. All right. All right, thank you, Miss Janet. I'll talk to you later. Take care. All right. You heard one author. You know, Janet interviewed her, but she did such a great job. You know, you can hear the excitement about her getting her first book out after writing for so long. So I'm going to bring my next guest in, Miss Deborah Strayhorn. She just finished her first book a couple months ago, and I know she went through a lot to get it out, but. We're going to invite her to the show now to talk about her book and what she went through to write it. Hey, Deborah, how you doing this evening? Hey, Mark, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. So uh, introduce yourself and the name of your book. <laughs> well, I can say for the first time I am an author. All and right. the title of my book The title of my book is The Always Busy, Sometimes Quiet, Often Noisy Room. 
And as you can probably tell by the title, it's a children's book. So it's for children ages, I'd say three to six, three to eight, and it's been a labor of love. And just as the other author stated, it took me a while to do it. I've been talking about writing and thinking about writing for over 10 years, and it didn't take me 10 years to write this book, but I've been kind of playing around at it. And when I finally got serious, I think from start to finish, once the idea came to me, it probably took me about eight months. But there was a a lot of going back and forth. I had to write it, then put it down, walk away from it, come back and, and try to get some fresh ideas. But it was a labor of love, and finally it's here. So why did you choose to write a children's book? Well, because that's my background. For the last 20 years, I've been working with children. I started off as a family child care provider, and then I was a family support coordinator. I did babysitting on the side. So I found myself always around children. And one of the interesting things is that when you are around children, you definitely have a lot of material because they're just some really funny things that happen, some amazing things that they say and do. So I was just always taking notes. I was always just writing little notes down and and coming up with, with different ideas. But in addition to that, well, I'm a professional storyteller, and I've been a professional storyteller for over 15 years So I would do a lot of engagements at libraries and schools, but I started teaching a storytelling class, and I taught this class in the after-school program at Drew Charter School for about four years, and my age group was kindergarten through fifth grade. So we would tell stories, and I would teach the children some storytelling techniques, And I was just really amazed at how talented and creative some of the students were. Mm -hmm. And they would make up stories right there in the class on the spot. So then my brain just started ticking, and I said, hmm, it's time for me to get some of my stories and put Mm -hmm. them in writing because I wanted to share these with young people. Now, do now you can see you wrote a book from three to six. Now, is it for the child to read or the parent to read to the child? When you write a children's book, how is it focused? Is it for the parent or for the child? Well, yes, it's it's for the parent to read to the child. But I remember Mm -hmm. when my nephew was growing up and my sister would read the same story to him every night. And then after a while, he was able to read the story himself, even though he really didn't know how to read. But from Mm -hmm. listening to the story, time after time, he could turn the page. He started learning sight words. He knew exactly when it was time to turn the page and go on to the next thought and idea. So even though a a three-year-old might not be able to read the book at this time, it's always good to introduce books to children. You introduce books to children when they're in the, the womb and you start the process because reading is one aspect of literacy but they have to mm-hmm. hear the words. They have to see the pictures. They have to know what to do with the book. So I'm also um, 
developing a parent-teacher guide to go with the book. So that way parents can identify different sight words that the child can use. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm putting – my story is about a little boy who doesn't speak in front of his parents, but he has all of these amazing adventures with animals. There's a a zebra, an elephant, a hippo. So as part of my teacher guide, I'm going to have pictures of animals, a picture of Africa, because that's where the story takes place. Well, it actually takes place in his bedroom, but his imagination Mm -hmm. takes him to Africa, where he encounters all of these animals. So see, there's so many things that parents can do with their children with this book that I decided to develop the um, parent-teacher guide to go along with it. So basically what you're saying is put down them iPads, put down them telephones, and and interact with your child. (laughs) Okay, read a book. (laughs) Absolutely, because one of of my um, parents asked me, was the book available online through the – iPad or what is the what is it called Kindle, when you get the like book? Kindle. 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 Yeah. Right. And I said no. And people are trying to encourage me to do it, but I want them to put down those devices and to pick right. up the book because there's right. nothing like turning the pages in a book. And I agree. I agree. I agree. And I think it's so important, yeah, to get you know kids reading early. And I think you know, entertaining books like what you're talking about, you know, I think it sounds to me like the parent and a child have a good time. <laughs> well, that's my hope because <laughs> there is, there's a lot of rhythm and rhyme in the story where there are words, you know, like the zebra zipped and zapped and zoomed around the room. Mm-hmm. So once again, you can take that letter Z and you can have mm-hmm. fun with it. You can have gotcha. fun with it. So how do people, if they want to get your book, where do they go to get it? Well, they can go to Amazon, they can go to Create Space, they can go to my website, which is storiesin3d.org, and they can get the book online. So if you have some words... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it's also available at the Apex Museum gift shop, because I am the storyteller in residence at the Apex, and the book can be found right there on their bookshelf. So if you were going to give some advice to a lot of people out there that have been struggling to write their first book, what would it be? Well, first of all, I'm going to say that you need to write every day. And that's something that I don't do. But now that this first book is is out, I have learned to take little notes when you have thoughts, to, to jot them down and to keep at it. But I think everybody needs to make a space in their house that is their writing space. Block off time at whatever time of day is best for you. I'm a morning person, so I get more done between 6 and 7 o'clock in the morning because that's the best time for me. But I also want to say um, I heard these statistics about self-publishers and how we're taking over 31% of the the industry, and anybody can self-publish. But what I'm finding is, The hard part is pushing, promoting, and marketing the book. So don't think because you write it, people are going to buy it. But it's because of people like you and Cat Builder that's helping us promote our work. So I thank you for that. 
All right. And also, my guest, the last guest this evening, uh, C. Nathaniel Brown, he's a publisher. He's going to talk about how to get that book out there. So thank you for coming on tonight. Really appreciate you, and I hope everybody gets out and buys that book and puts down them iPads and telephones and actually <laughs> converses with their chairs. <laughs> Can I say one more thing? Sure. Okay. I am also donating 100 books to the African Library Project. So if you go online to my website later this week, you'll be able to see how you can make a donation to help fund a library in Africa. So thank you so much, Mark. All right. Thank you. So you heard two people have written books. It took them a long time to write them. But now I'm going to bring on someone now that's written her first book at the young age of 16. Miss Williams, how you doing this evening? Hi, Mr. Mark. I'm doing good. Myself. I'm doing excellent. So I saved you for the last because I wanted to hear what you had to say after you heard everything else going on this evening. <laughs> <laughs> so so introduce yourself and give us the name of your book. Um, well, my my uh, name of my book is Answers from God and I'm also, I'm also just, I mean, I also just finished writing my second book also, so. Uh-oh, okay, all right. So, <laughs> so, so, how old are you again, just so we get this straight, so everybody understands, how old are you? Oh, I'm 15 years old. 15, okay, I gave you, I gave you a year, you're 15 years old, and you got yes. your second book done, that's, that's outstanding. Yes. So, so tell me, what did you, what made you want to write a book? Um, well, I love inspirational movies, and I, I love, you know, inspirational movies and books, and I just wanted to um, be able to give hope and inspiration to others. Um, I wanted to share the love of God, and I and I wanted, to be, wanted it to be a wake-up call or a message to inform people that God is real and that he is a very loving, that he is very loving and almighty. Wow. That's a strong message coming from 15 years on this earth. So, t- so tell me, what's what's the book about? Um, it's about two sisters who take different paths in life, but through prayers and dreams, God brings them back together. Wow. So did you? It take a lot for you to write this. I mean, how did you go about? Like a lot of people write books, so, you know, business books about topics, but this is really a story that you created. So what went into you developing your whole storyline? What and how do you stick through it through the whole book? I mean, did did you have the whole story thought out, or did the story develop as you were writing? Well, since it is a fictional um, short story, so mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to um, get the characters, you know, make them become a reality, you know, in the story and stuff. But I got a lot of help from my mother. She she pushed me through it because it was really hard to um you know to stay on the to stay on topic and stuff, and you know, um, so it is hard. It is hard to write the, to write a book, um, and by it being fiction, you know, I really had to think, right. you know, think outside the box and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, you you really had to because I mean, you're really actually creating a storyline, and you having to stick to it. You have to remember who the characters are. So, so how long did it take you to put your book together? How long did it take you to write it? Um, after I wrote down, you know, the characters and the, the, you know, how everything was going to be planned out, it took me about four days to write it. So, yeah. Four days. Wow. 
Okay. <laughs> wow. Now here, when you had your book signed, you sold out. That's, that's uh, some post online. So everybody likes this book. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So it's been well received. What about your school? What, what, tell me that you're a 15 year old author. Do your friends treat you different now? Um, they just say, "Oh, you know, you you doing you doing it big and stuff." You know, <laughs> right. I was like, "Not yet, but I'm getting there." <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what's your second book going to be about? Or what? Yeah, you say you finished it. What is your second book about? Uh, well, it is titled um, "Call on Me," and it's about a woman who a woman who is an atheist. Um, she comes from a rich family, but she's she'll quickly find out that her money can't save her when she becomes sick. <laughs> wow, that's kind of a deep look there. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. So, what do you, what do you, come, when is that book coming out? You say you finished it. Have you published it yet? Um, it, it should be, it should be um on Amazon by um this weekend. All right. So I know, I, I know, your mama is really proud of you. And she be putting your stuff out there. She, <laughs> she, has to be proud. she has to be proud of you. And we're proud of her, too, you know. Yeah. Uh, understand she, now she wants to run for elected office. I think that's outstanding. Yeah. yeah so, um, so tell me, what advice would you give to people that are looking to write a book and get your message out there? Um, if it's in your heart to do it, then just do it, you know. You know, don't second guess it because if you second guess it then you'll just you'll just leave it alone and you won't even um you won't even be worried about it anymore. But it, but if you really wanna write a book, do it, you know. It takes time, it takes think it takes a lot of thinking but you'll get done you'll get done with it and you'll get through it. So how can people go find put your heart to it. How how can people go find your book? Where can they go to see it? Um, it is available on Amazon, Create Space, and it is also available in the Apex Museum gift shop. All right. Well, thank you, Ms. Williams, for coming out, and I can't wait to get both copies of both books <laughs> so I can give you some good understanding. I like your reference to godly things, and I think it's so important for even at your age to understand where our true power comes from. So I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right, you're very welcome. 15 years old, y'all. I mean, if she's doing it, you should be able to do it too. You know, I was going to go to break, but instead of going to break, I put a little more upbeat music on. After that conversation we just had with those three authors, I'm going to bring on a man that introduced me to this whole radio thing, and I wouldn't be here tonight without his foresight for bringing me on his show. Mr. C. Nathaniel Brown, how you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Man, thank you for having me about three years ago, bro. After I wrote my first book. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. The cycle continues. (laughs) Yeah, the cycle continues. Did you hear that? 15 years old, man. Absolutely. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. You know, and what's really cool is that all three of the guests took it upon themselves to put their thoughts into words and then put them out there for the public to see. And this is a scary thing because you put it out there and you're like, what if people don't like it? I mean, it's, you're taking a chance. 
you know. Right, and, uh, absolutely. So I'll tell you what, why don't you introduce yourself and your company and what you do, and let's get in this conversation about, you know, authoring books and things like that. Sure. I'll give you the abbreviated version. <laughs> um, I am C. Nathaniel Brown. I am a founder and CEO of Expected End Entertainment, which is our umbrella company that houses our publishing division, our film production company, and everything else under the sun. Um, I am a writer first before any of the other things, so I've been writing all of my life as well. And so I just decided to bring some things together under the company to be able to help other writers to develop their stories, to outline, to publish, to market. And so we created uh, a division of the company to do specifically that, and we call that EX3 Books. Wow. So, you know, I read those stats off earlier about people that are writing books now. So has it increased that much, that many people are starting to write books? Absolutely. Absolutely. Pretty much everyone is now a writer, an author. They have books. Um, So it's even more important now to not just have a book, but as one of your guests said, to really understand the marketing and publishing and how to get your book to your audience. So that's the big difference now. But, yes, everyone is able to do it because it's it's so much easier to do now than it was even 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, So you have all the self-publishing options. You actually can print things now yourself. Um, People are designing their own covers. It's just making it so much easier that there are so many people that are doing it now. So the, the biggest thing is distinguishing yourself from everybody else. So you've been writing books for a long time. So back in the day when you first started writing, how difficult was it to bring your book to market? Uh, It it was very difficult, but I actually self-published my first book um, because of rejection. And this was 21 years ago. So self-publishing wasn't even what it is now. Um, But, you know, it it was like (laughs) barely a thing then. It was pretty much you go through traditional publishers or you might luck up and you find one of the um, middle publishing companies that are small and local to be able to publish something. And so I sent out, uh, it was a collection of poems that I had. I sent it out to like 30 different companies and um, got 30 rejection letters. And I kind of sat it down for a second, got discouraged. And I said, you know what, let me figure out how to do it myself. And so I published my very first book 21 years ago. And um, and so that kind of started that whole process for me to help other people do it and then also to create the publishing company to be able to publish not only my own stuff but other people's stuff as well. So it was a great experience, but as some of the people said, it, it took years and years in the making to get their book out. It was mm-hmm. years and years of development in order for us to get to this point where we could have a system to be able to help other writers to do it with ease and, and avoid some of the mistakes that some of us had to make years ago. So so you developed a system. So let's talk about the system. I mean, what happens? You know, I want to write a book. Do I come to you? How, how does this all work? Yes, there are several ways of doing it. Um, our publishing company operates as kind of a hybrid between a traditional publisher and self-publishing. But then we also have divisions where um, we just do life coaching not life coaching, writer coaching and author coaching. So you That's might want life. to come to me now and that say, is, that is life yeah. coaching. That is life it coaching. It is life coaching as well, <laughs> yeah. and it kind of overlaps. <laughs> yeah. But we'll, 
What we do, though, is we, we work with um, the writer individually and find out where they are and where they want to be, and then we put together a plan to help them get there. And so for some people, it might be just developing an, an outline to give them what to write. So we developed a program called the 12-hour book writing system. And so it it is designed to give you a format so that you can have the structure of your book done in 12 hours. Wow. So just with the outline and table of contents Mm -hmm. or just, okay. Yeah, so let's say, for example, um, we're going to do a book on developing business plans. I know that's already Mm -hmm. out there and you have the best one that's out there. But let's say that's the, the theme that we're going for. What we would do is you, you heard one of your uh, guests say that they started and then they stopped and they couldn't think of what to write next and they had to go back mm-hmm. and they changed things. Well, with the outlining system, we decide in the beginning what this book is going to be about, how it's going to be broken down, so that once you sit down to write, you know exactly what you're writing. And so you're never stuck anywhere. So if you only have 30 minutes to write today, you're going to sit down and you're going to write on one of these points that we've, dis- that we've uh, outlined. And then the next time, if you've got 40 minutes, you're going to sit down and you're going to answer this one question. Or if you have two hours, you can knock off three different points. And we break it down in terms of question and answer so that you, okay. can, just, you can kind of flow with it as opposed to trying to, okay, what am I going to write about now? Um, should I write about this or do I do this? And before you know it, you've wasted 30 minutes of writing time. But when you sit down to write with this structure, you know exactly what you're writing so you can be productive every single time you sit down to write. So it doesn't matter, nonfiction, fiction, you can use the same process. No, it does not matter. Okay. I use the exact same process for writing my short stories, for writing my film projects, and we actually have a, a film that's premiering March 19th, Shameless Plug. Um, it's the same yeah, process no. for that as well. Where's, where's, um, your, where's your film premiering at? It's going to be at the Aurora Cineplex in Roswell. The film is called okay. Kai New Legacies. So what's it about, man? That's, that's outstanding. <laughs> you, got, man, you got so many talents. So what's the film about? The film is actually about a girl who's in college. She's a freshman in college, and she's, she's sexually assaulted, and she accuses the star athlete, and it kind of sets off this chain of events on campus to figure out exactly what happened, exactly who did it, exactly what, what's the fallout going to be. So it takes a very serious issue, and it puts it into this creative story to be able to create dialogue around campus sexual assault, around rape culture, around sisterhood, um, all within this college, this fictitious college setting. All right, March 19th. Outstanding, man. But getting now getting back to the books now, okay, so I got my book, mm-hmm. I write it, and, and, you know, I agree too, you know, I put my book out on Amazon, you know, I'm looking at it, it's all cool and everything, but it's so funny that everybody's asking me, how many books have you sold? I was like, I think I've given away more than I've actually sold, okay? Right. You know? So the question becomes, first question, do most people write books to make money, or do they write books just to deliver a message, or when you, you've been dealing with so many authors, you know, what's the foundational reason initially that people do write a book? 
the majority of people think they have the best story ever told, and they're going to okay. be an instant bestseller, sell millions <laughs> of copies, yeah, okay. and be able to live off of that book for the rest of their lives. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is the average author sells between 50 to 100 books in the span of that book's lifetime. So that's nothing. So when we meet with uh, our clients, the first thing we say is, what is your goal for this book? Is it to make money? Is it to give away? Is it for publicity? Are you trying to create other opportunities? Are you going to be on a speaking circuit? Like, what is your why? What is your goal for mm-hmm. this book? Once we determine that, then we set into motion all of the other things that it will take to get to that particular goal. So if your goal is to sell a lot of books, you put together a marketing and promotion strategy geared towards selling books. If your goal is to um, be on a speaking circuit, we strategically create the plan so that you can get your book into the right people's hand so that they can get, you know, invite you to mm-hmm. speak at their conference or be the guest speaker at a luncheon. So everything is geared around your, your goal. And for different people, it's different things. Some want to be rich and famous because of books. Some just want to write the first book so that they can get to the second book. Others right. want to create other opportunities. So we try to figure out exactly um, what that person is looking to do, and then we build a program around them. And so that's when it goes back to that accountability that was mentioned earlier and, mm-hmm. and staying focused. Um, so as a writing coach and as an author coach, those are the types of things that we work on so that that person can have that consistency and that accountability even when things don't look like they want it to look like. So just writing it is looks sounds like it's only twenty five percent of it. You know, it's promotion and getting it out there is the rest of the seventy five percent. And I had no idea on how to do it. You know, when I wrote my book, I wrote my book uh because I wanted to start speaking and I noticed it changed the way people viewed me once I became a published author. You know, I wrote my book yes. to separate myself from other business coaches. I figured if I was an author, you know, it's like I was real serious about it. And I use my book for training, too. So, uh, but I still haven't, I have sold quite a few copies, but I, I probably, I don't know how many, but it, I haven't been <laughs> on the New York Times bestseller list. Let's put it that way. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when people use the term self-publishing, what does that mean, you know, versus going to a publisher? When, when people say that to you, what do you, how do you describe that? Well, there's basically four to five uh, different avenues of publishing. You have your traditional publisher, which is basically someone like a Simon & Schuster that you would send your manuscript to. They will decide if they want it or not. Then they take it and do whatever they want to do with it. Then you have your vanity and self-publishing where you're basically paying to get someone to help you with those services, and then they can put it together for you. You basically pay them to do that, and then you do what you want to do with it. With self-publishing, you have control over everything. So you decide your cover. You decide your layout. You're going to put everything in it that you want to put in it, organize it how you want to organize it, sell it, and then you make it all, all the profit. With the other ones, you're basically like traditional publishing. They get a percentage, you get a percentage, and then it's broken down depending on the level and the size of the publishing company. So with self-publishing, you have the most control over your project, all the creative parts of the project, editing, 
writing, layout, cover design, photos, different things like that. Whereas if you got accepted by a traditional publisher, you basically have no say over any of that. Now, with our company, as I mentioned earlier, we're a hybrid of those. So we, ha- we work with you so that you can get both parts of that. You get the help to design and layout and editing and all of those things, but you still get a lot of the creative control that you want. So we work together. What are your ideas for your cover? Let's do a couple of examples, et cetera, et cetera. And then ultimately you make those decisions on what you want in the book, how you want it done, and then you get a larger percentage if we're publishing. But then we also have it where we help you, and then you just take it and do what you want to do as well. So you have different options with us, but those are the biggest differences. So have you guys helped a lot of authors out then, huh? Yes, yes. I actually have a personal goal to help 10,000 people publish. Um, wow. We currently have um, about 25 uh, writers within EX3 books, but then the individual coaching that we have, we help all the time. We do workshops, we do webinars, we do seminars, we do teleconferences. So we're always in the process of helping writers um, in one way or another. So you made it your life mission to help 10,000 people write books? 10,000. That is my number. And I would, if I had to put a, a quantitative number on it at this point, I would say I'm probably at 2,500. And this is, a, okay. of course, over a 20 year span. Um, uh-huh. So I've helped people, you know, with editing, um, helped them with outlining, helped them find other publishers, different things like that. So in that whole process, I've helped about 2,500 uh, people to publish. So, so what do you think is the hardest thing for people about writing books? You know, I've asked all three of those authors, new authors tonight, they told me what theirs were. What, what do you consider being the hardest thing for most authors? Uh, for, for most is discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they want to write it, they're excited about it, um, but they don't have the discipline to, to stay the course. So my job as a writing coach is to help them with that discipline to help them get through all of those ups and downs that we call life because life happens, but you need someone there to kind of guide you through. Say, okay, avoid this pitfall. Okay, you need to do this now. Okay, by Friday you should have this done. And so I think that's the biggest problem that people have is that they want to do it. There's a statistic that says 8 out of 10 people want to publish a book, but Mm -hmm. only about 1 out of 10 actually publishes. Mm. One out of ten. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's probably growing now because of yeah, it's probably you know, growing, the statistics yeah. that you talked about before. But that's still typical of what we're looking at because people want to do it. They either don't have the knowledge to do it or the information to do it or they don't have that discipline. And, and we try to provide them with, with both of those. I tell you, one of my hardest things about my book, my first book, was actually finishing it. I kept going, I need to put more in. I need to do this. You know, I kept writing and writing. You know, I could never, you know, finally one day, uh, Dan Moore from the Apex Museum says to me, Mark, that's volume two. (laughs) Okay, you know, just put a, stop writing, publish the book. If you want to add some more, add some more to your next book. But I could not, matter of fact, I got a book right now I'm working on that I just can't finish. That, that's yeah. why we say the, the outline is important Because what okay. you put in that outline Is what you're going to write about 
And okay. once you get done with, let's say you get done with chapter one, you're not going back to chapter one again. Okay, Until gotcha. you're absolutely done, and then we edit the whole thing. And you might tweak something here or there, but you're not constantly going back to chapter one. You're in chapter three now. You're going back to chapter one because you'll never get finished. So we actually say, what is important that you want to get in chapter one? And we list those things out. Let's say it's five points. So then when you sit down to write, you're going to write those five points. You're not going to add to it. You're not going to take away from it. Stick to that. Now that's done, move to Chapter 2. Okay, you have four okay. points in Chapter 2. Write those four points. Move on, go to Chapter 3. Don't go back to Chapter 1. Don't go back to Chapter 2. <laughs> Get through the book. Because I literally go back and, and look at my books from 20 years ago. And I uh-huh. oh, I could have done this. I should have. We will, we will always do that. Okay. You have to get to a point where you say, this is good enough for right now. Let me move on. And so you talked about your other guests with all of that wonderful material in that book. There are probably four or five books within that one book had she chosen right. to do it that way. Um, mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with how she did it or anything, but she could have easily said, I'm going to take this and make this one book. I'm going to take this and make this another book. And you could do that. So in the case with your book, Get through the information that you have, but then you can follow it up with additional books later if you have more information or if you want to pull something out. And one of the things that we do in that regard, especially because we help people develop workshops and things like that, you can take something that you would have added to Chapter 1, pull it out, and make it a workshop. And then from that workshop, you can develop that into a second book. Hmm. You know, and that's exactly what I did with my first book. I, you know, I turned it into a workshop. But this next book I've been working on, man, I might need to sign up for your twelve-step program. That's what we call your twelve-step. Okay, <laughs> right. Because I can get this book, man. I, I I looked at it today. You know, it's done. I know it's done, and I just keep fiddling with it. Um, but yeah, I might need to get it out of my hands and send it over to you, man, because uh, I, I I don't know why I haven't finished it. Uh, yeah, I think part of it was, you know, the first book I wrote, I put it out there. I just thought it was going to fly off the shelves. You know, the sad right. thing was not, not too many of my friends even bought my book. Okay. You that's, know, that's what happened. That's why that number for the average writer is 50 to 100. Because we right. just immediately think everybody I know is going to buy it. They're going right. to pass it along. They're going to buy it for right. everybody else. And it doesn't happen. No. I had more strangers buy my book than friends, you know. My friends was trying to get a copy, but uh, right. But but yeah, it was a, so it, it was a little bit um, emotional. Okay, you fit all this stuff mm-hmm. out there, so that's why when you put it out there, you hope that you know it does well. But uh, but you know, but I like the concept of working with a coach on writing a book because it seems like they can keep you focused and. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds to me like if I if you use a coach, you'll come out with a much better product uh, than you would have if you just would have you know went through it on your own. Absolutely, absolutely, because you have that accountability, but then you have mm-hmm. that system of, of checks and balances as well. Because a lot of times, what happens is we we get comfortable in what we know, but what mm-hmm. we know could be wrong. And so when you have that, that checks and balances, you get to go back and you look, you, over, you know, you won't overlook things that you understand in your mind. And so you might read the same mistake 20 times. And to you, it looks right because you know what it's right. supposed to say. Okay. 
So, you know, one one last question. I know you've been waiting, you know, for the whole show. So if people already have written a book, got it published, self-published, can they still come to you with that book and you can help them make it better, or do they have to be starting from scratch? How does that work? No, anywhere in the process, we, we've actually had several clients who had, their book was out, and let's say we're using your your book, for example. You mm-hmm. thought it was going to do um, better than it did, but now you want to rework it. Maybe you want to do a different cover. Maybe you want to structure it differently. Okay. Maybe you want to promote it from a different um, aspect. Okay. So we can come in and we can kind of break down each area and then rework it so you can do a, a, a relaunch. You can do a okay. um, revised edition. You can do so many different things to promote it. Well, that sounds like a plan. You're going to have two books. We're going to talk later. <laughs> I wouldn't mind redoing my old one and my new one. So, man, tell people, how do they catch up with you? Where do they go to find out if they want to take one of your webinars or your classes or just talk with a coach? How do they do that? The best thing I can tell you to kind of keep it brief is to search C, the letter C, Nathaniel Brown, N-A-T-H-A-N-I-E-L, Brown. And um, any of the social media sites, you'll be able to find me there. You can also find my website at cnathanielbrown.com, or you could also go to ex3books.com, ex3books.com. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming out tonight, and thank you for having me on your show a couple of years ago because uh, it's really Absolutely. been wonderful thank for you. me, man. I've really been enjoying it, man, and uh, I'm really proud of what you're doing, and I'm going to try to make it to your uh, March 19th film premiere. You know, Appreciate so I that. support you out there. But uh, all right, my brother, thanks a lot for coming out tonight. Thanks for hanging in there. I know my show got a little bit long tonight, but uh, thank you for hanging in there with me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. All right. Talk to you later. So, so you heard it tonight, people. You thinking about writing a book? Contact Mr. C. Nathaniel Brown. He can help you. You heard two or three, three other authors tonight, each writing a different type of book, children's book, learn how to get things cheap book in a book about life and God from a 15 year old but that was the Cat Builder talk show this evening went a little longer than normal but as usual I know it was great information for you so this is Mark Parham signing off I look forward to our next encounter Joining us this evening on the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. We are here every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash cap builder talk. We hope you enjoy the show.